Hey, what's up, Matt? Hey, what's up? Welcome back to another Footy and Coffee Conversations. Uh, I don't, I just see you by yourself. Yeah, wifey is uh, coming. All right. She's getting a banana break. She uh, got a little hungry, so. Okay, you got your coffee? Yes, sir. That's what I like to hear. Now I hear, I hear the other one is not drinking coffee today. No, uh, I mean, she's, uh, she's, uh, wants to get to bed kind of early tonight, you know, and so it, coffee does, you know, keeps you up a little bit. So I hear this, what I, this is why you married me. Oh, right wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's why I also gained 10 pounds. <laughs> All right, so we're going to yes. go in um, to start. If you guys both just want to introduce yourself, say what club you're playing for now, what position you are. All right, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, Kayla Braffitt-Strain. I play for Umeå in Sweden. Uh, it's in Damalsvenskan, which is in the highest league. This is my second year in the highest. Last year or two years ago, I was in second tier at a different club. So I play uh, forward, typically a winger, so either a wing back or a wing forward. Yep. And then I'm Reed Strain. I play for Frischka Villior, my first season here. I play center back and a little bit of holding mid um, right now. Very cool. All right. So kind of what we'll do is we'll start, we'll just kind of talk uh, both of you at each level and just work the way up. So we'll start. Uh, whoever wants to start, just telling a little bit about youth career um, and then what happened with that going forward. Ladies first. Always. Okay, ladies first. All right, uh, so many of you probably don't know, I'm from Bloomington Normal, which is like more of central Illinois, so I'm about two hours south of Chicago. So um, having a club even near me was not a thing. Um, I think my the closest local club was like 45 minutes away. So we actually built a club <laughs> called CIS. And um, my uncle, he wasn't my uncle at the time, but uh, he became my uncle later. He um, actually was the club coach and um, was my head coach. So I was a part of a club called CIS since I was 10 to 16. And then actually when the Red Stars were formed, Rory, the head coach, was the Eclipse head coach and mm -hmm. moved to Chicago Red Stars. And my uncle and my current head coach replaced Rory's role. Okay. So, yeah, so all of a sudden I'm 16 and I don't have a club anymore. You know, kind of prime time uh, recruiting. And so we actually, um, as a team, we decided to join a team up in Chicago, but we weren't going to do it with Eclipse. I mean, they had been our rivals the whole of time. Course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Join just like another club. So it, it was called, uh, oh man, KUFC. I believe it's still a club. Dwayne, um, Dwayne Cruz became our head coach. Great, great guy. Um, really helped us out you know, when we were struggling. So played there for two years and um, yeah. So that was kind of my interesting upbringing, I guess, for youth. Yeah. 
don't yeah. know if you want to. That's, uh, that's a little bit different than, than some of the other ones we've heard. We haven't heard someone just starting their own club, but I like that. <laughs> yep. But hey, most of us went Div 1 or Div 3. And Div 3 was like Washington University, which is phenomenal women's soccer. And she ended up winning the Div 3 tournament, I think, like three years. Three I, hope, I hope the slogan for you guys' club was nothing normal about this team. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> All right, Reed, what about you? Yeah, I had a interesting uh, youth. I was a nomad. I uh, started out with... Um, moving around a lot. I was with FCB in my younger years, which is a local club in Barrington, which I grew up in. Then I moved to Carmel, Indiana for a year, just because of my dad's work, and I played for Carmel United. Uh, I actually won, um, like we were the best team in the country that year, so a pretty cool accomplishment we had. Ooh. Yeah, and then ended up coming back um, to Barrington one year again with my old club, because of my friends, wanted to hang out with them kind of thing. <laughs> back uh just you know enjoying soccer with my buds you know and then um made a move to schwaben which was in the buffalo grove area and played for uh a coach called jp takoto who actually um played for cameroon's national team back in the day and his uh grandson actually played basketball at north carolina and got drafted by philadelphia so it was uh very good family for professionals, but um, was there for probably five years or so. And then um, my senior year of high school, I made the move to Chicago Fire um, Academy, trying to like get seen for college and stuff. And um, so that was my final year of uh, youth. So I was kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, good. You guys both had a little bit of moving around, some different experiences. Um, yeah, when did uh, – was professional soccer a goal for either of you at that point? Nope. Um, <laughs> my senior year of high school slash going into college, I'd say yes because I got an opportunity to play for the Puerto Rican U-20 team. Um, and it was just a cool experience, some good players and stuff. And – super competitive and I had never really experienced something like this. Um, it was funny because with the fire, I was with Kaz, who you had on a couple days ago and he played for the national championship in July there and they will end up winning it. And I was on that team, but I wasn't there because I was in Puerto Rico training and stuff for qualifiers for the world cup. So, um, but yeah, that's, I kind of had that experience and I kind of enjoyed it. And I was like, maybe I have a, a future in this and, really kind of enjoyed this environment. So it was kind of eye-opening for me as well. All right, so now talk me through kind of your, your graduating uh, high school. What's the, the plan? What are your opportunities going forward from there? Yeah, well, for me, I think uh, Kelly mentioned this. Women's soccer, you get drafted really early. It's kind of crazy. So very similar to her, I was going in um, – going to schools and doing like unofficial visits when I was a sophomore. And so my very first unofficial visit was um, South Dakota State University, which is where I ended up going. I actually went there because the coach was very interested, but I wasn't. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. I can get like one out of the way, kind of know the routine of it, what to expect. 
um, and not feel any regret about it not going well, you know, or whatever. And um, for me, it just went fantastic, like that first round. So I was expecting every visit to go like this. <laughs> and um, I went to a couple in North Carolina, uh, a couple in South Carolina, went um, to uh, Drake, and just went to a couple of other schools. Wasn't interested in an Illinois school, but was okay being somewhere around. And um, yeah, just nothing really compared to South Dakota. The facilities were pretty good, but they were actually building a whole new facility uh, as soon as I arrived. So they were, so I didn't get to see everything yet, but I saw the buildings and like the process and I knew it was going to be done when I was a freshman. So I was pretty excited about that too, just to be in brand new facilities. So yeah, South Dakota, I think I verbally committed, uh, gosh, probably late, maybe sophomore year. I don't, I don't even remember when you can officially sign. Junior year, yeah, because yeah. I signed as soon as I was able signing, and, and then never, never wavered from that for the rest of high school. Nope, I, I was good with, I was good with it. I was very, very happy, even though it was a little cold. <laughs> yeah, very true. I, yeah, I think it more like confirmed my answer when I went on my official visit because I did go back again, and it just confirmed it. So for me, it was pretty, pretty clean cut. I wanted some nice people, and they. You know, South Dakota's full of the nice people, don't you know? I hear you. I mean, hey, my brother lives there, so I, under, I understand. It's a great place. It's a great place to visit. I don't know about live. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about what about you, Reed? Yeah, so I was a, a late bloomer for sure with um, college opportunities. I wasn't sure if about um, playing probably till my end of my sophomore year, going to my junior year. Actually, I was... To be fair, soccer wasn't my favorite sport probably till about high school time. I was uh, more interested in baseball and basketball. I know it's shocking. I was actually, if you had asked me this question probably like back then, I would have said, yeah, I would try to play professional baseball back in the time. But um, some bad stuff happened, bad coaching and stuff like that. You know, everything happens for a reason kind of thing. Um, and soccer was always there for me, always uh, stood out. So, um, but as late to the game, um, I was playing with uh, Schwaben uh, team, and I got a couple interests from like a D2 school called St. Joe's. Um, and so I went there for my first visit, probably a size of like 700, 800 kids maybe. So a tiny school like um, out in the middle of Indiana, Rensselaer, I believe. And it was just like crazy, but it was so cool because they had like my name printed out for me and stuff like that and it made me feel real special. Um, and then I had a couple visits um, at Butler University, kind of uh, was interested in me. Um, and Indiana was always my like ideal school, but because my dad went there and I had loved Indiana. So, and I had a ton of family that lived in Carmel and Greenwood. So it kind of like dream come true would be to go to Indiana. Yeah, so I had, um, I'd been going to summer camps there for like about four or five years. So Todd Yeagley, who's a head coach there, had seen me in, um, kept tabs on me and stuff like that would come to like a couple of my games when I was playing. Um, so there was some mutual interest there for sure. Um, and then it's my senior year and then, um, late April when super late, I need to sign with a uh, school. Um, my three choices were, uh, Butler, 
UND, and Indiana. I had some of the Aggie said there's two guys that they want to sign. If one of them doesn't sign, they'll, they'll take me. Um, Butler decided that there was no room for me at the time, and UND had offered me a scholarship, so I knew if I didn't get Indiana, I could go to UND. Um, and Indiana, they signed both their players, so ended up going to UND, which was the same uh, university my grandparents went to, so it was a very cool feeling as well, going to the same place as my grandparents did. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's cool. A little history there. I like that. Uh, all right. So then you get you get to college. Uh, Kayla, just briefly talk about your college career. Um, and then at that point, are you looking at professional soccer at all? Or what's your thought process? Uh, didn't see too much time early on as a freshman, which is typical. You got to earn your stripes, those types of things. Um, luckily, towards the middle end of the season, um, I was given some opportunities and just did really well with it. So um, we got into the tournament and I was able to be a part of earning into the tournament and then also doing well um, within the conference tournament, but then also making the NCAAs. And we made it to the second round, which was the highest we'd ever gone before. So that 08 class is well known at South Dakota State. <laughs> Um, sophomore and junior year, I was, or sophomore year, I was on rotation for starting, which was a little bit of an annoyance. We had four, uh, we played a four, three, three, we had a solid forefront line. And so, um, I think to kind of keep frustrations low, we, I would start for three, sit out for one. And it was the same for all of us. It didn't oh, matter. Wow. Yeah, so, and he stuck to that pretty, um, I mean, he stuck pretty to that, yeah, pretty religiously, till maybe same thing around um, when it came to the conference tournament time, then I was able to start um, every time. Otherwise, he didn't want the hostility between us. He wanted us to keep playing and be competitive amongst each other. So I, I thought he did a pretty good job looking back at it now. Of course, I didn't like it in the moment, but uh, I understand now. Because uh, we were all, I was a sophomore, and it was sophomores and juniors. There were no seniors in that start, in the forward starting lineup. So he didn't want someone to lose hope, I guess. Um, he wanted everyone to keep fighting. Then um, junior year and senior year, I think, is where I more um, came into the player that I am today, uh, rather than being more of a chaotic player and not thinking very much because I would say that's kind of the type of player I am um I was able just to kind of slow the game down mentally and um was able to rack up some goals rack up some assists um and it ended up my senior year I was offensive player of the year for the league which was awesome okay. um I hold I think like the most assists or second assist, something like that. I don't know anymore. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's changed <laughs> now. You know, I'm an old. Why I married her. Yeah, I'm an old lady now. So, uh, no, they've had some great girls uh, come through since I've been there. So I'm sure those records are broken now. <laughs> I mean, that's almost two decades ago. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Savage, man. <laughs> and then what about what about you Reed? how did it go for you yeah so interesting for me uh freshman year was amazing i had a incredible year i think um at the time i was playing forward so 
I made the switch to center back, obviously, a couple of years ago. But before that, I was playing striker. Um, I think I had like 15 goals as a freshman. Um, I got all conference first team, um, all conference or all uh, first team regional, and then honorable mention or maybe second team for uh, all American my freshman year. Um, so things went really well. Enjoyed my time there. Was getting minutes. Played at, started every game kind of thing. Um, later that's um, in the fall or in the spring. I'm sorry. Um, got called up for the next round for U20s. So we were playing for the shot to play in the World Cup as U20s, and we actually got one game away from qualifying. Um, so it was such a cool feeling. I mean, we did, obviously didn't get to play in the World Cup, but for Puerto Rico, we made history, furthest that Puerto Rico's ever gotten. Um, so my freshman year, like that entire year, I'm flying high, soaring, just buzzing. Great yeah, year. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then. So, uh, sophomore year was, dun, dun, dun. yeah, sophomore year was, <laughs> was, uh, a bit of a change for me. Um, came into this, uh, season injured, um, had hurt my calf playing with, uh, PDL with the fire and stuff and wasn't healthy. Um, and our coach decided to, you know, kind of change things up. We were doing like two shifts basically. So you're only playing 45 minutes, which to me isn't really football. You get no, um, consistency and rhythm. So, you know, I didn't do as well my sophomore year. And um, so, yeah, it was kind of a struggle, frustrated. I uh, thought about transferring to a couple of different schools. I talk, was talking to Butler um, and, and Yeagley then for, at IU. Um, but um, I actually got an opportunity to go play in, uh, in Costa Rica. So I actually took that opportunity to go play there for a club called Saprisa, um, which was the, co the head coach was – the coach for the Puerto Rican national team at the time. So he liked what he saw with me. I was with the national team and, and brought me uh, there. And that was, so my college career was very short. Uh, yeah. Not, not, uh, not long. So. But it was a good experience, right? Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, good friends from there. Enjoyed my soccer. I mean, didn't uh, end well, but I have no regrets going there. Uh, I mean, got to, my parents had to go to so many of my games and stuff and, Got to go to the same university as my grandparents, so I'm loved it, and still have uh, talked to people from there, so loved it there. That's awesome. Yeah, they're uh, they don't remember you guys your year the same as Kayla's year at school. <laughs> oh wait, oh wait. I hear I hear in the locker room at, at Kayla's they have uh, oh wait they're great. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. It's actually I should write. I can write slogans for whatever club you're on. Let me know. I can write slogans for it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, Kayla. So then uh, you graduate college. Talk about what happens next, and then kind of get move into how you end up uh, getting into professional soccer. Yeah. So my story is pretty unique. Um, I decided I was super excited about teaching and just my career path. Um, soccer ended on a high for me. I loved it, but um, there there was no draft in 08 and, or anything like that. Uh, the women's team had, the women's pro team had just collapsed and was rebuilding. So the year I graduated was actually a pretty unique year. And it's not how it is now where girls can sign up and try and be drafted and those things. Like that just was not a thing when I graduated. You had to go and off and do your own thing somehow. So, um, since there wasn't a lot of opportunity, I went and I taught for 
five years or four years total, I taught um, in a school full uh, uh, full time. And it wasn't until after my second year that I decided, hey, you know what? It's been on my heart. I've been coaching. I want to go and like play semi-pro because now that the league has been up, there's mm -hmm. some semi-pro teams and right. stuff. So I played semi-pro. Um, I played semi-pro in um, Minnesota. And actually before that, sorry, I forgot about this. Um, I studied abroad in Paris. And so I actually got to play with like the reserves of the PSG for the girls. Oh, and wow. that was so cool. And so I was in Paris playing soccer for the first time in a long time. And, um, and I was just a practice player, like they just needed numbers and I had shown them interest and they're like, yeah, sure, you can come and just practice with us. So I was, yeah, in Paris speaking French and playing soccer, I flip and loved it. So yeah. as soon as I came back, I was like, okay, I want to get back on the soccer grind a little bit. So yeah, did join some men's league there. We're not very it's South Dakota. There's not that many <laughs> options going on. So I joined the men's league and did pretty well. Um, yeah, played in Minnesota. And then I decided, okay, I want to uh, think about this for real. So I gave myself kind of like a year to two year limit of pursue soccer, see what happens with it. So I moved to Chicago, um, wanted to be a practice player for the Chicago Red Stars. But of course, it's like, nope, you can go on the reserves team, you know, so did that I was able to practice a couple times with them. When uh, the national girls would be gone, they mm -hmm. would pull girls up from the reserve. And so I was able to practice with them. So I got kind of highlights of it. Um, but still didn't still didn't seem like a real good opportunity for me. And um, after that, I was joined Bridges. And at the same time, very interesting is I, uh, my coach during the summer wanted me to help him out because uh, he coached college. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll be a volunteer, no problem. You know, whatever, I can do that. And uh, it was right outside my town. Well, he ended up getting fired day two. Oh, gosh. <laughs> And so on day two, I become the interim head coach of a division three women's soccer program. Wow. So I went from volunteer to head coach very quickly. <laughs> and so I was like, oh man, maybe I'm supposed, maybe this whole journey is about me becoming a coach. You mm -hmm. know, I was stuck in my mind that I was going to be a player. Um, but I still didn't want to give that up so quickly. And so I decided, you know, I coached the girls for that whole semester. And while I was coaching, I was also training on my own and going to Bridges. Um, went to a classic, uh, what are those called? When I, when I went to Florida. Oh, what are those? Uh, yeah, I went to a classic combine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, had food poisoning the day oh. before. It was terrible she eat mcdonald's i mean it's yeah. kind of her own thing. Uh, that's kind of deserved <laughs> <I>, that <laughs> um but so i literally went through this combine on applesauce <laughs> that's all i ate was applesauce because that's the only thing that would settle my stomach um but i mean the combine it was good they were interested i got film which was like a big reason i wanted to do the combine yeah. as well 11 v 11 i had no film another 
disadvantage of being older. <laughs> you have no one wants film from, you know, eight years ago. It's it's and hard to tell what player it is when it's all in the black and white film. I <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I got some film uh, and they were interested and actually they uh, they offered me to be in the highest league in Iceland. And I was super excited. Um, it was it was pretty quick. And as everybody knows who's in this game, two days later, yanked right away from me. So they, they called me up and were like, actually, we decided to go with somebody else. I was like, okay. Heartbreaking. Thanks. Yeah, disappointing. Um, and, and I, uh, Luckily, through Bridges, um, Emil knew a club who was in the second tier that um, needed some girls, and he reached out to them. And I came just on a tryout, and within two days, they signed me. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So luckily, I you know, you keep the grind going. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think, uh, I think it's disappointing for any player, obviously, to have a contract yanked away. But I think especially... Uh, when you've been out of the game for that long, obviously you're not, you know, a 21 year old just starting yes. out. It's, it, I imagine, was very difficult at that time because then you're going, you're, is it worth it, or you know, is it yeah. ever going to happen? A hundred percent. And I had a an agent who um, who was really well connected in France. Like I said, I had studied abroad in France earlier, and I mean, it was at least like once a month where like, hey, start packing your bags. I got a deal coming through. And I mean, for a whole semester, you know, like a whole season, my bags were packed. Like I was ready to go in like a, a day's notice. Like a, like a, like a secret agent with a go bag just ready. <laughs> and I felt real secret agent because I don't know if you guys know this, but you can get your passport. You can get a brand new passport in 24 hours. And there's only one place, and it's downtown Chicago. And I had to find this out because he called me up like, Kayla, you must go this Saturday. And I was like, okay, I need to renew my passport and fi figured it out. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, come Saturday morning, never mind, Kayla. The team does not want to. I was like, thanks. Yeah, at least you had your passport renewed. But I had my passport. Yeah, yeah at least you had that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Reed, what about you then? You're playing down in uh, Costa Rica. What's, yep. uh, what happens then? How do you end up over? So um, kind of still not the greatest experience in Costa Rica. So the bad luck kind of continues. Um, the team, um, I'm not. Pl I'm playing with the reserves. So the Sprisa is like one of the top teams in uh, Costa Rica. Finished like top three every year. Um, great players. So I'm playing with the reserves, getting some like training with the first team. So it's all going well, but um, my teammates definitely weren't a fan of me, me being American for sure. Um, and my Spanish wasn't um, up to par, even though I was half Puerto Rican, um, hadn't practiced as much, you know, all that good stuff. Um, and I actually got jumped in, in Costa Rica my first year. So that was a little scary. Yeah, I haven't told many people about this, but uh, by yeah, so by your teammates or no, by <laughs> two people I was watching. That was, imagine, imagine, imagine. We don't want you here, American. <laughs> no, two uh, two people I was just walking home from practice got jumped. Um, wasn't uh, luckily I didn't have anything on me really, um, except for my cleats and my bag. Um, no phone was with me just because I it was dead, so I just left it at home kind of thing. Wow. Um, got um, so I was scared and stuff. So that year was uh. 
definitely a challenge and definitely like I was frightened and stuff. Um, but I came back, um, this reserve team like kind of fell apart. So I went to a new club called SRE, um, got some minutes there, got some good experience, um, playing and stuff, met some good people. I went back another year after that. And unfortunately I, um, got tackled in a game and I fell and I tore my meniscus. Um, so I had to get surgery on my meniscus, um, and I was just, um, unlucky. It just happens, you know, I'm rehabbing it, come home. And then, um, about five months later, I'm about to go play again. And I, uh, get tackled from behind, tear my meniscus to get other meniscus. Brutal. So it's just like, wow, this is bad break after bad break. Uh, unfortunate, um, kind of thinking to myself, maybe this is time to, you know, hang it up can't stay healthy, um, can't get past like this next step of where I want to go kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, actually this, this the winter of uh, Bridges where uh, I'm deciding if I'm going to hang it up or not, I kind of get a voice in the back of my head telling me, uh, you know, you should just go to Bridges, go to Bridges, something's going to happen. So I go to Bridges, meet Kayla. So that's, that was always a bonus. That's a bonus. Um, First day. Um, but um, May fr- friends with Ryan Jackson, um, who had a connection in Sweden for with a club called Stowed in the third third division. Um, and, you know, started talking to the coach, um, said, hey, we're interested, need a, need a player, and went over there, started playing. Um, got Was starting every game at forward uh, until one of our center backs got a red card or too many yellow cards, so he suspended. And Back in the youth days, I played center back, so my coach kind of put me there, and I did really well. And ever since, I've kind of moved to to center back now. So that's what's really changed uh, my positioning. Um, so new position, but uh, I've enjoyed it, and it's made me grow as a player and gotten better. So, and I, I, I think you've had you've had a lot of success with it. And I I, I like to think too, probably uh, being a striker for so long and now moving to center back is makes you a wiser center back because you can understand what the striker is thinking given every situation as well. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know, like, you know, the runs that they're trying to make or what they're kind of like movements they are trying to th- make and stuff like that. So you kind of can jump those movements and stuff like that. So help me with that as well. Definitely. Absolutely. All right. We're going to get into some questions now. We're going to see how you guys answer, see how, how strong the marriage is with it. So pressure's on for you guys. Uh-oh. All right. Um, mm-hmm. So both of you are tired. Both of you are tired. You come home from training. It's late. How do you decide who cooks? Well, this this season, I've been the cooker. Okay. Uh, because my my trainings are pretty early. So okay. normally, like if I have a double, it's, you know, 8, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then I'm maybe like 3 to 5, something like that where Reed has a later training and he yeah. doesn't get back till eight. Yeah. And I also have to take a hour train and stuff. So I'm pretty much gone from three to eight o'clock. Yeah. Um, so, the burden, days, so the burden falls on me. But okay. if I feel, I feel bad or I can tell she's pretty tired. I will uh, say, Hey, I'll still cook some, uh, some chicken and stuff so she can, some chicken, you know, chicken. Keep, it, keep, keep it easy, you know, nothing. I like it. <laughs> Some chicken, hey, rice, and some veggies. Fuel is fuel for the body. You know what I mean? You're going to have to get in six hours. 
and she doesn't complain about the food, so that I must be doing something right, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, it's 90th minute in a game. You're tied 2-2. Both of you are on the field. Your team gets a penalty kick. Who's taking it? Oh, definitely me. Yeah, I'd have to say Reed, too. Uh, I hope no one on my other – you know what? No, I'm not even going to say the last time I took a PK. <laughs> and All what right, happened? So we're going that, to – I'd give that, that one to him. I'd give that one to him. All right. Um. Now we're going to ask if, you, if you've uh, been listening, we've asked every Bridges player to give their top five aside plus a goalkeeper. All right, you, so you yourself can be on the bench. No MLS players are allowed in your squad. So, Kayla, if you want to say your team first, don't feel pressure yep. to have to put Reed into it. I know, <laughs> I, know, I know some guys have added Reed into us, but, you know, if you're trying to win, not make him have oh. to on the side. <laughs> I'm I'm going I'm going to go with uh shout out to my Sweden goalie Jeff. I do really like Jeff as goalie and I've seen um um have we seen Jeff here? I don't think we've seen him play here, but I feel the most connection with Jeff. And apparently a lot of other people do too. So yeah. gonna go with Jeff. <laughs> um I did true fact, okay? I have a true true story for you about Jeff. On my little video, I decided to record in Bridges, okay? And I send this out to people in Sweden. Well, the people I sent it out to was a former club that Jeff had played for, and Jeff was in goal. And they, and they sent him stuff like, how do you know her? She's scoring on you. <laughs> Jeff got cut the next week. <laughs> I was like, wow, no wonder they wanted me. They knew Jeff the goalie, and they are like, she scored on? Yeah, so thank you, Jeff. I think you're the reason. <laughs> shout out, Jeff. Uh, yep, shout out to Jeff. So I've got Jeff. You know, i got to have this guy in my back line. And um, um, I wish I could say David Avador, but I haven't played with him very much. My man, Lenny. Got to go with he. Uh, he's an annoyance, just like Rita's. I don't know Absolutely. if you could see that. I don't know if you could see that wink, but I winked everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, middle, I'm going to have X, and I'm going to have. Ooh, you're gonna be mad at me for this one because we talked about this. I'm gonna do Kyle Kanotek. Wow. <laughs> we had okay. talked about this. He was gonna be upset, and um mainly because he is so annoying when you play him he does he him and lenny remind me they have a lot of similar characteristics like you don't want to get go against those people absolutely and not so yeah. like i don't want to go i see how hard he goes into those tackles um and everything so definitely him and then i'd have to say i get two forwards not one babe. Oh, one forward i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with tosh okay uh, but okay. here's my issue, Matt Poland. Tell None me. of these guys sub, so it doesn't matter that I'm the sixth player. I'm not seeing the field. <laughs> the only time is if you don't make it to the championship and you're playing for third place, they'll be like, all right, you can go. I'm leaving. Yeah, they all leave. They all leave. <laughs> but is that, squad, is that squad playing in third place? That, that, yeah, I don't know about that. That squad's not playing in third. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that squad's probably not. All right. Yeah, let's but so that's, that's my only let's issue see. with this squad is uh, none of them sub. 
You know, I hear I'm you. I hear fresh you. legs. Fresh legs. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. So, what about you? So I know it's five, but I'm gonna. There's a lot of players at Bridges that have gone through that have quality players. So I might throw a few extra in there because you know you need subs. You can't play the entire time, Matt Bull, and you know that. Yeah. Oh, you can't. Right, but you, you can only have five. You can't. <laughs> You can, I'm you gonna can make your bench as many as possible, but you're gonna have to only put five on the field. <laughs> all right, that's fine. I'll, I'll give honorable mentions. How about that? All right. Uh, all right. So Jeff, Go Jeff Gall, definitely. I'll mention though Mike Novotny, one of the best shot blockers I ever played against in that place. Um, so shout out to him. Um, back line, I'm gonna have to go with um, Avador and Eric Leonard. Um, both players just nuisance. Both very technical, going to crush you if you get past them or even try to pass them. So keep them on the back line. Um, in my midfield, I'm going, going uh, since, you know, someone took mine. Uh, hey, sorry, we talked about it. Jacob Bushi, again, another guy that, you know, is going to crunch you, um, work hard, do the right things kind of thing. So, um, and I'm going to go, even though I'm a little salty, he didn't mention me, Kaz. Oh, that's who I was gonna do. Oh, you know, oh, you're, you're doing, yeah. you're doing Kyle Canote tag over here. So. I did the other K. Um, <laughs> watching him grow, I've, I mean, I've been with him since uh, like 18, and seeing him develop as a player has been really fun. He's got great footwork, great speed, and great hair. Great hair. Absolutely. Uh, I guess she's. I guess she's got a thing for guys. Uh, I don't know. I guess I gotta watch out. Um, <laughs> I will mention though in the midfield as well. I would say Kyle Kanotek and X. Um, mm -hmm. X is just so skillful and can score any minute. So, and up top, I'm going. Uh, I'm going with uh, Tosh as well. Dude just knows how to win. Um, obviously, you had him on here earlier. He's three uh, championships in the USL, and just he's just a pro. You just someone you don't want to play against. But also, I will mention Woj. Just put that ball up top to his chest and let him off him or, you know, let him turn him with that left foot. So, All right. Good, good squad. Over there coaching the guys saying, good job, boys. And then honorable hub, 90th minute, Caleb Raffitt. Yes. Oh, there you go. And she didn't even, you know, there you go. It's 90th minute, but not if there's yeah. a penalty, right? Not if there's a penalty, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. When, if you're looking back on your careers, where you're at now, um, and you were able to talk to 15-year-old self, what, uh, what's the, the biggest advice you would give yourself? Football-related. Yeah. I think for me, just probably spending more time with the ball. Um, I rely too heavily on my speed and strengths, where I wish that I could just dice somebody up. <laughs> um, so I think for me, it would just be spending more time on the ball spending more time on the ball and not to be discouraged. It's easy to let outside factors uh, fuel you. So I think, yeah, more time on the ball and just, you know, keep doing, keep doing my thing. If you're feeling good about it, feel good about it. Um, for me, it would be probably not playing basketball and baseball as long as I did. Um, I was definitely behind with foot skills um, because, you know, I'm missing practice, I'm missing games for other sports. So maybe I could be doing, be higher if I, you know, had that extra time that I put, would put it in. So um, that would probably be my, my biggest, I guess not regret, but just like 
thing I would have done just to see where I could have been now. But um, everything happens for a reason. And also just be be confident um, in yourself. Um, don't let someone bring you down. There's a difference between being cocky and being confident. As long as you're confident, think you, you know, you're going to win today. You're the best player out there. You might not be, but as long as you both feel that way, you're going to play that way. So that would be my, my advice. Yeah, no, I agree. We are actually just talking about that a uh, couple episodes ago, the difference between your honest self-assessment and then also being confident and believing you're the best player on the field and the, the importance of learning how to, how to do both at the same time to be the most successful player possible. Yeah. Um, with obviously you guys have had uh, maybe some different, different struggles, obviously injuries, um, not playing for quite a few years. Uh, talk kind of about the, the mental, how do you stay mentally strong through different situations that happen to you during your career? Yeah, for me, I mean, I've been really fortunate, knock on wood, from an injury uh, standpoint. Um, I think a lot of that just goes back to taking care of it off of the field. I've always been in the weight room. I've always done um, prevention things. And so, um, so I've been pretty mentally strong with in those regards. I think the thing mentally tough for me is now that I am playing at the pro level, everything is documented. Everything. Mm -hmm. You know, my heart rate, my passing percentage, if I won that challenge, where I won the ball, where I lost the ball, all of those things. And I think when you get that weekly report, it can be a little bit of a stab <laughs> at you. Um, of course, some games I'm like, heck yes, and I'm like so proud of it. And then other weeks I'm like, I cannot believe that's my passing percentage, you know, and things like that. So um, I'm trying not to, for me to be mentally strong, I need to remember to like let things go look at it and analyze it and if i'm repeating something um over and over again yes of course work on that but um i think just trying to like let things go grow from it but let it go and actually let it go so i'm actually excited i'm meeting with uh we have a sports uh psychologist so i'm actually going to be meeting with him this week coming up discussing this like kind of fear and how I'm letting things go. So obviously if you have like a sports psychologist or something at your uh, disposal, um, use that. So I'm excited yeah. to start sessions with him and just see where I grow as a player mentally. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, no, I think it's funny you mentioned the, the passing uh, percentage because that's how I can always tell with my players uh, how they viewed how their last game went because they either come up to me before training asking me, oh, what's my percentage? What's my percentage? Or I almost have to track them down to give it to them because they just don't want to. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's hard. And it's hard, too, because, you know, as a defender, your passing percentage needs to be high. It's mm -hmm. a lower risk. You know, yeah. typically passes are a lower risk as an attacking player you take more risks i know my passing percentage is going to be lower but those passes that are low risk or should be low risk like that has to be a hundred percent so that's where i really get down on myself um right. looking at those things those statistics yeah. yeah i always tell players to um with, with that is also look at the film because when you when you look at some of those, as you said, in attacking, they're high risk, so your percentage might be low, but the pass might have been correct, and maybe the you know the winger you were playing the to wasn't 
ready for it or something. So it's yep, exactly. there's always more to the story as well to not it, destroy exactly. your confidence. Yeah, I'm I'm happy this coach this year sees that. Yeah, hundred percent. That's not that not every coach sees that. So that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Reed, what about you? Yeah, for me, um I say two things um um definitely like not, not getting upset when I make a mistake. Um and knowing that nobody's perfect on the pitch, people make mistakes, and I just had to look forward to the next play and making sure that next pass, that next touch is better than my last one, making sure I, I'm mentally strong enough to get over my mistakes. Because back in the day, I would say I was, I was the worst at that. If I made a bad pass, I would be worrying about that for like 10, 15 minutes afterwards or the next day. And it's just like, dude, you're not, you're not perfect. You're not nowhere close to messy level you're not going to make these incredible passes and touches every time you need to but oh and just get better at it and then another thing is for me um when i when i i'm very competitive um kayla knows this mm -hmm. um i hate mm -hmm. I, I i hate losing and sometimes i let that uh get the best of me and like don't help out my teammates sometimes that when i should um like for example here um i'm the oldest guy on my team right now Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, at 26, oldest guy. Um, and sometimes I get a little hot headed with like how we're playing or not keep on. I got, I just got to remember, like, I'm kind of the guy that they, I should tell them, teach them. And cause I, I have experience from different places and playing and stuff like that. So I got to kind of be that, that, that leader and help them out. And, and so instead of frustrated with the, how they're playing or their touch or just help out be like hey this is what you should do next time and kind of be more of a coach instead of being the entire time <laughs> yeah no it's uh that's definitely a, a hard thing to learn it's easier to just get mad at the players or your teammates but uh at the end it doesn't it doesn't benefit anyone but i think along the lines with yours the greatest advice i ever got from a coach was don't get too high after a win and don't get too low after a loss. And that can be taken to, you know, making a bad pass or making a good pass. And just that like unwavering, you know, everything's in your control. And I think right. that's uh, the greatest, the greatest strength to learn as an athlete to have the ultimate success. Right. You're going to have highs. You're going to have lows. Just make sure lows aren't super low and make sure you're humble when you have your highs. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, uh, we got a couple minutes left. Any final thoughts you guys want to share? Any last last words of advice? Any unique challenge you think you encounter to both of you being professionally soccer players married? Um, for I would say for us being married. Um, sorry, do you do you? I I, you, I, I took the you, lead you there. Go, you go. Um, take the lead. Um, especially since it helps because we're her practice is earlier and mine's later um just kind of like supporting each other when we've had like an off day or not happy with our training performance because um you know it's a long season um but you know at that moment you might be feeling pretty crappy about it and just you know you gotta pick them up um you know there's times when i'm upset about practice and kayla's just there to you know support me because she knows what i'm going through she's she does it every day too so it's it's really helpful to have someone that's experienced the same thing as me um yeah. so just uh, being there for for, for each other, it's just really helpful. Um, and also just for younger for younger athletes, um, know, like, kind of figure out what you want to do in life and 
you know, don't let anyone tell you you're not good enough. Just keep believing in yourself and push um, and grind because you never know what can happen um, and you don't know what your ability could possibly be. So never give up on your dreams. Mm -hmm. Love it. Nice. Kayla? Yeah, for me, yeah, for me, I think it's nice. Uh, like Reed and I are in very similar, we're very synced. You know, we both want to, both want to make sure we guess. We both are checking like hydration and like kind of those small little details that are easy to go to the wayside if you're not with someone who's at that level with you. So, um, I mean, like I'm constantly seeing Reed stretching, foam rolling, like doing th those things. And actually like yesterday he made fun of me. He's like, oh babe, look, you're stretching, <laughs> you know? And like those things. So it's very, it's very nice to have someone um, who can, I guess, like hold me accountable. Typically a teammate can hold you accountable or something or help hold you accountable. Um, ex but especially during this time, um, obviously we're in Sweden, it's a slightly different situation. We're not on complete lockdown. Um, we we're are practicing. able to go to the gym. We are practicing, um, in those things. So, um, it is, but at the same time, it's such a mental grind because we really don't know when, when we're starting. Yeah, when right. we're starting. Yeah. There's still the unknown. Yeah. So, you know, you're practicing, you're going through the grind, you're doing all these things, but it's hard when you don't have that goal yet in mind. So it's, it's just nice and encouraging to go through that with somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for all your good advice. Good luck this season. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Too. <laughs> yeah. I right, have a good day. You too. Stay right. safe, bud. Bye. Yeah, bye.